what's amazing is God's that good. Um, I want to encourage you, joy really is a decision because there's no power, there's no power, Satan doesn't have enough power to take your joy. So don't let him have it. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, we're building, they've poured the slab, but our parking lot's kind of all messed up, and you got to kind of find your way through our parking. Um, if you're not on our uh, mailing list, our email mailing list, call the church office because we're giving updates every week about how to get through the week um, as we go. We've got a big ditch uh, cut, and it's kind of dangerous to walk around. Um, I promise you we won't bug you too much with email. And if we do, call us and tell us, and we'll back off. Uh, but we just want you to know how to be safe and how to find your spots and, and how to get in here and us uh, build and grow together because, uh, you know, you kind of make a mess when you're growing. Um, all right, well, Christmas time is here. Amen? I'm telling you, it drives me nuts to go into uh, department stores in October and hear Christmas music. And um, I get kind of called the Scrooge this time of year because I get so upset about Christmas music when it's early. And I don't hate Christmas music. I just don't enjoy it year-round. <laughs> but isn't it funny what, ha what, ha you know, what comes out at Christmas time? I mean, we see different personalities in our household. My wife is a different person at Christmas time. She loves Christmas. You know, and I'm sure that you've got people in your uh, household that are that way, that you just light up at Christmas time. But almost everywhere you go, you see it. You can't drive anywhere, you can't walk anywhere where you don't hear it, you don't see it. You can't escape it. A few weeks ago, I was driving uh, up here to church and went by Taco Bell and saw their uh, advertising, Live Moss, and it got me thinking. And that's always scary when we really start thinking. Um, and I just thought, Christ Moss. Why not more Christ? Christ more. Christ Moss. Uh, Taco Bell doesn't have to have the uh, corner on Moss. Christ. Christ Moss. My, my guess is that before you go, that Pavlov's dog, Pavlov's law will come into force that you will be salivating and can't wait for some reason to get to Taco Bell. But why not more of Christ? That's what Christmas is all about. And I know we come to church and I know we hear this message of Christmas time is about Christ. But don't go numb to me, church. Christmas time is about Christ. And it can really have impact on your life and on your family. Rather than just coming in and hearing a Christmas sermon, it can really change your life. This time of the year can be a time of joy. Elizabeth said, before I got up here, hey, you need to be saying positive things about families getting together because every week I'm always talking negatively about us getting together as family. <laughs> I don't mean it that every family and every family situation has to be negative. It is, it's funny. I poke fun at it. We all get together and we have that crazy uncle and that crazy aunt and that 
crazy brother and sister that we have to deal with. But Christmas time should be a time of restoration, should be a time of forgiveness. It should be a time of joy. And again, your family can't take your joy. Your situation can't have your joy. Don't give your joy away. Christ paid a huge price for your joy. And um, I've had to say it a few times to, to situations, you can't have my joy. It's not yours to take. And I'm not giving it. It's mine. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. And as we sang, there's no power in hell that can rob me of that. But back to Christmas. How much do you prepare at Christmas? Just think about it. When do you start preparing? When do you start thinking about it? What do you do? You save money all year long, or you try to. You start buying Christmas gifts early. You start preparing meals. You start thinking things through. You, you get travel plans. Think of all the preparedness that you do, just you do, for Christmas. The shopping, the saving, the cooking, the eating, the traveling. It's a lot. Well, again, it got me thinking. What, how did God prepare for Christmas? What was he thinking? Now, have you ever, had a, have you ever made a Christmas list? Isn't it fun? You know, I was sitting there thinking in our family, man, we, we run a tight budget. We run a tight ship. We, don't, we hardly buy anything that's outside of our budget. We do some. But then come Christmas time, it's just thrown out. We just buy everything. I mean, you just put it on the list and we get it. It is true. It is true. It's fun. It's a time that we plan. It's good to plan because we're going to buy gifts. It's time to give gifts, so we got to plan. But I want to tell you, this year I made a Christmas list. Normally, I, I don't usually make one, but this year I did because I've learned that if I don't make a list, Elizabeth buys me what she thinks I should get. And that's not what I want always. Now, she usually hits it pretty close to what I need, but, I, you know, I'm like a dumb and dumber. I want the paddle game and the big 10-gallon hat and the stupid stuff. Can anybody say amen to that? We want, our, we want our stuff that we like. We don't always want socks and underwear and junk like that. Put that in the budget and buy that through the year. Don't buy that for me for Christmas. Amen? I just messed up somebody's Christmas. See, y'all got underwear and socks under the Christmas tree. and Be thankful. You needed them. But, but, you know, we put our list together. We prepare. We think about it. But mine and Elizabeth's list, for me, sometimes are totally different things. And my list, if I were to do a list for her, it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. What? Let me ask you this. What was on God's list? What was on God's Christmas list for you for Christmas? To begin with, basically, 
God had one thing on the list. Just one. And it was Jesus. Jesus was his gift, his one and only son, the most precious, most important thing he could have given. He gave. But why would he give such a precious thing? Why would he give the most precious thing that he had? Now again, church, I know you know the answer. It was for love. God is love. But it wasn't just for love and not just because he is love. It's because he loved you. You. He gave love. He gave himself. He gave everything that he had to us. John 3.16, we all know this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. God loved us so much that he gave us Christmas by giving his only son. What a Christmas. But with that gift came so much. There were so many gifts within the gift. Have you ever opened a Christmas gift or a gift at your birthday or just a gift and didn't realize there was more stuff in the box? And the person giving it saying, oh, wait, don't throw it away. There's more. Well, with the gift of Christmas, with the gift of Christ, there was more, more Christ. Christ Moss. <laughs> That's what we're waiting for. It's Christ Moss. Taco Bell. I'll be fast, maybe. God's wish list in Jesus. I want to give you three things. I'm going to give you two today and one the next week. Two th three things that were under the tree when, when, G when Father God gave us Jesus. This Christmas, under the tree, you can find forgiveness. It is so important that as you go to your family's house, you go to your family's house with a spirit of forgiveness. And don't worry about what spirit they're showing up with. All you can handle is you. If we could ever get to the point of realizing all I can handle is me, then okay, handle me. Go ahead, let's take care of what I can control and let's let God take care of what I can't control. God has given you some control. He's given you the ability to do things. That part we need to do, but we don't need to do the things that he's called to do. Forgiveness. God gives us forgiveness. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, Today your Savior was born. He is Christ the Lord. I want you to note that word, Savior. That's what Christmas is all about. But why do we need a Savior? Well, let me just cut to the chase. The Bible says that heaven is a perfect place. There's no mistakes, no inconsistencies. It's perfect. But because of that, only perfect people are led into heaven. Only perfect people get to go there. If God let imperfect people into heaven, it wouldn't be perfect. That means I don't stand a chance in a million of getting there. 
my, 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 my perfectness ended early in my life. Early. So God had to come up with a different plan. Do you know what that plan was? A savior. So that I could get in on someone else's ticket. Because I could never get in on my own. That's good news. A savior has been born. You know the problem with that? None of us is perfect. None of us is batting a thousand. None of us is always perfect and right. And you know, if we had a, if, if we had a giant screen, screen like this that went behind us everywhere we went and showed everything that we ever thought, everything we ever said, everything we ever did, it would be awful. All of us. We would all be extremely embarrassed. We would all be living. We all live with a sense of regret because none of us is perfect and because we are all in need of a Savior. It says, unto you is born a Savior. Unto you. A Savior was born. Yes, you can be forgiven. It is the most priceless gift that you could ever receive. Is the gift of a clear conscience. You can't get that at Amazon.com. And I think I can get everything at Amazon. But I can't get a clear conscience. It's priceless. Yet at Christmas time... Christ offers us the chance to be wiped clean, redeemed, a clear conscience, my past forgiven, a place to start over and to begin new. That is good news. So how do I let Christ save me? It's really simple. Acts chapter 10 verse 43. All who believe in Jesus will be forgiven of their sins through Jesus' name. Notice it simply says, all who believe. All means you. Just let go. Do you know how? Do you know how you get Christ to save you? You just admit that you need him. All who believe. My son Pete, this past summer, trained, uh, trained and was certified in lifeguarding, became a lifeguard this summer. And uh, one thing that lifeguards learn quickly is that you can't save someone that's trying to save themselves. I don't know if you've ever seen someone drowning and fighting, but they're just swinging in every direction. They'll, they'll take you down. They'll take you under, and you're trained to stay back and to not allow them to take you under, to use evasive maneuvers to get free of them. Because if you go down, you're both going down. If my lifeguard drowns and I'm drowning, well, I, my chances of living have just gone bad. But once that person's flailing around and finally gives up, maybe even passes out, they're easy to save. Just put your arms around them and swim them back to shore. 
But as long as they're trying to save themselves, you can't help them. That's the problem that we have, even as Christians, is we continually try to do things ourselves. And we can't. We can't do it. We try to save ourselves. We try to work our way to heaven, saying, God, look at my good works. Look, they're so awesome. And my bad works really aren't that bad. The problem is, God doesn't grade on a curve. That sounded like that child said, come on. (laughs) At least that's what I received. God doesn't grade on a curve. You either pass or fail. And if you've not received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you fail. You are disqualified. Only perfect people need to apply for a perfect place. You may say, well, I'm better than Hitler. Yeah, you probably are. You're, you're, better, you're probably better than me. But that doesn't qualify you. There is only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. You can't save yourself. God doesn't judge you against anybody else. You need a Savior, and that is provided. It's a free gift. Just accept it. More Christ. Christ must. What else do we get? Forgiveness would be enough, but we get peace of mind. How many here needs peace? How many here is praying for peace? You know, that's praying scripture. The Lord, one of the Lord's name is, I am Jehovah Shalom. I am the Lord, your peace. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my peace. It says in Psalm 119, verse 165, those who love your teachings will find true peace. Peace is a word that the, is a word that the world uses a lot, but I don't believe the world has the foggiest idea of what peace is. For many, peace is just getting fall down drunk and numb, so numb that they don't have to feel the pain of their life any longer. For some, peace is going from one relationship to the next and to the next and to the next, trying to fill that void in your life, but you can't. For some, peace is staying busy all the time so that at night they can just collapse and not think about what what their life is and what they're going through. Others become workaholics, just work themselves to death, trying to cover up their life, trying to cover up their life without peace. Or there are those that try new age gimmicks like gazing at crystals or using aromatherapy or sitting in the lotus position thinking about the lint in their belly button (laughs) and going, um. At the end of that, there's no peace. I I mean real peace. Peace only comes by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know that sounds like the churchy answer. Well, great. Peace is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? When you really have a relationship 
when you have a genuine relationship with Christ. You know what that means? It's knowing that no matter what I do, God will never stop loving me. Can you really grasp that? Of all the stupid stuff I've done in my life, God never stopped loving me. Real peace is knowing that no matter what happens, God will never leave me alone. We had a, Ruth Ann, do you mind me sharing? You have no idea what I'm going to say, but she was babysitting for a family here in the church and at, at a family's house and a, some random person started knocking on the door. And she just called me and just said, Dad, someone's at the door. I don't know who it is. We've locked ourselves in the, in the room. And she was just scared half to death. And it wound up being my other child beating on the door, screaming, trying to say, it's me, it's me, let me in. And they're like, who is this nut screaming outside? And, you know, the amazing thing is in the midst of that whole situation, the Lord never left you. Even though it felt like you were all alone, the Lord will never leave you. Real peace means that no matter what happens in the new year, the Lord will give me the strength to handle what comes my way. No matter what comes, the Lord will help you through it. Real peace is living by God's word and being directed in a way that makes me not have to go through stupid stuff that the world has to go through. That the Lord will direct my path and take me out of danger. Remove me from critical, terrible situations. And real peace is knowing that if I help sow the word of God and the presence of God into my children, that when they get out from under me, they will make the right choices. That is real peace to see them make choices, even as 13-year-olds, to know what do I do? And her just going and locking the doors and calling someone was the right thing to do. And I just said, I will stay on the phone until we get you help. I can't do anything right now, but we, by George, will do something. What happens when our life is robbed of peace? There's three things that we battle. We battle guilt, we battle grief, and we battle grudges. First thing with guilt, I have been preaching this. If you've been here for the last few months, you've heard me say, you don't have to walk around with guilt. Christians live with guilt. God said, I sent a Savior to wipe away your sins so you could be forgiven. Jesus gives a clear conscience. It's like an etch-a-sketch. You've got all this stuff written on here, all this junk, and the Lord comes and says, if you will just choose me, my blood will wipe it out. His blood will never lose its power. His name will never lose its power. If you haven't been cleansed, by your, cleansed your sins by placing faith in Jesus your peace is going to easily get robbed. Grief also robs us, especially at a time at Christmas, because it brings up so many hurtful moments, memories, losing a loved one, or a parent that abandoned you, or a divorce that you went through, or maybe even the death of a spouse or a child. And that so wants to rob your joy and your peace. 
And if that's the pain that you're carrying, I want you to know I'm so sorry. It hurts. In no way am I trying to say that that's not important or that it doesn't hurt. But what I do want you to know is God knows your hurt. He knows your hurt. And he can fill that void. He can fill that void with love and with strength and with comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Great tidings with comfort and joy. He sees it. He knows all about it. And you are never meant to carry that pain by yourself. He says, cast your burdens on me, for I care for you. Would you cast your burdens on the Lord today and receive the gift of peace? And then finally, and I'm going to close with this one, is grudges. Grudges rob our peace. Grudges cause us to be resentful. We feel guilty when we hurt others, but we become resentful when other people hurt us. Church, you're going to be hurt in life, whether intentionally or unintentionally. But how you respond to that hurt determines the level of your happiness. I taught Wednesday night that bitterness is formed because of your decision based on what someone did to you, not based on what someone did to you. Your unforgiveness and your bitterness is based on your decision of what you did with that information, not based on someone hurting you. If you hurt me, I can choose to forgive or to not forgive. I can choose to be bitter or not to be bitter. It's my choice. You can't make me be bitter. In the same way, you can't take my joy. It's mine to give. So don't give it. When someone hurts you, don't give bitterness. Don't give unforgiveness. doesn't mean to set yourself up to continue to be hurt. Don't continue to be hurt, but forgive. Why? Why? Because it's for your own sake. Why? Because you're the one that hurts over bitterness. You're the one who's stewing while the person that did it to you is living their life. You may, still be, uh, you may still be letting people from your past hurt you. And I want you to know that's a dumb way to live. Christ paid a great price for you to not have to live like that. And as I close, I want to tell you something. Maybe you'd say, Pastor Paul, you don't know how much they hurt me. No, you're right. I don't know. And I'm sure it's bad. But that's why you need Jesus. Because he's the only one that can give you the power to let it go. Why? Because they deserve it? No. They don't deserve it. But you need to forgive for your own sake. So that you can get on with your own life. And not stay stuck in the past of your grudge, hurt, or resentment. It's time to live in peace It's time to live in peace with your spouse, in peace with your kids, in peace with your family, in peace at work. Church, from the Beatitudes, we are called to be the peacemaker. Why? Because God has equipped us with peace. Pastor, how has he equipped us with peace? Have we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Did he promise to come in if we open the door? So what comes in? 
Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. What comes with you when you walk into your family Christmas time is peace. And you have the ability to release peace to your family, to your boss, to your job, to, your, to the people around you, your circle of influence, peace. Let's have peace this week. Let's be peacemakers. And let's receive the gift that God gave us, which is Christ. And let's walk in it. You know, Navy SEALs um, during Hell Week have a chance to ring a bell to be able to get out of what they're doing. They can quit at any time and ring that bell and leave. Well, I want to encourage you, if we've had some fun with the bell, is go ahead and ring out. Quit trying to make it on your own. And ring out and let Christ help you. Walk with the Lord. Obey the Lord. Follow the Lord. What is a Christian? It's a Christ follower. Follow Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. I want to pray over you. Lord, we need more of you. More of you in our life. Less of us. I just ask you right now, just if, if everybody would just bow their heads, would y'all just pray, Lord, empty me of me and fill me with you. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I've never made that first time decision for Christ. You know, it just says, if you'll just believe, if you'll just say right where you are, I need a Savior and I choose you, Jesus. Come into my heart and save me. Would you do that right where you sit? Just to yourself? Just to yourself and the Lord. You may have been saved your whole life, but you need more of Christ. Would you ask for more right now? Just ask. It says that if you'll just ask for the Holy Spirit, He'll give it. That He's a good Father that gives good gifts. Church, right where you are, ask. And then I want to encourage you to follow. Follow the Lord. Follow His Word. Obey His Word. Follow His Spirit. Are you in need? Christmas time is such a great time to recognize what needs we have. What need do you have? I want you right where you sit, right where you stand right now. Ask the Lord for what you need. You know what? That's what a Savior is for. A Savior has come to meet our needs. Cast your burdens upon the Lord, for He cares for you. Cast them. Throw them. Chuck them. Heave them. Get them off of you. Father God, we just thank you for the gift of Jesus, and we just receive it right now. Father God, we just ask you, as you said in your word in Luke 11, that you'll give the Holy Spirit. We just ask for the Holy Spirit right now. Come into our, fill our spirit right now with your Holy Spirit. Help us to follow you. Do you have a prayer need? I just want to ask those that are praying to come on up, and we're just going to open this altar to any prayer, any need. What need do you have? You come. We're just going to sing. Let's just, let's just ask the presence of the Lord just to come now and to move in our hearts. And Lord, meet our needs in Jesus' name. Amen.